awesome podcast this is matt the host thank you for listening i do want to give a shout out to the platform that i use podbean long story short it's been a struggle for me to get this podcast published on apple connect Finally, I was able to, but with no help from Apple. Apple Connect doesn't have a very good support system. In fact, I could not figure out a way to contact a support person. So after much trial and error, I just decided to contact Podbean instead of Apple. And Podbean helped me out. So I'm going to give it up for Podbean. Let's give them a clap, shall we? All right. So not only can I be found on Apple, I can also be found on Good Pods. Good Pods is a app where podcasts, independent podcasts especially, can be found like this one and uh welcome to the live studio g magic share if you'd like follow so i'm available now on most platforms and 
I will say that Podbean does have very good customer support. You put in a ticket and they get back to you quite quickly. I do apologize tonight if I sound a little bit out of breath. The air quality in the Northeast right now is bad, very bad, and it's affecting me. Shortness of breath, uh, scratchy throat, even my eyes were irritated. It's all from the wildfires out west in Oregon, I believe. Hey, Coltrane, welcome to the live studio. And anyway, yeah, Maine being the tailpipe of the nation, everything that goes on out west just comes our way via the jet stream. So we're actually seeing the effects of the western wildfires, that is. Hey, Father Brian, welcome. Thank you for sharing. And if you came and left very quickly, sorry you didn't give it a chance, huh? Father Brian, all right. I like my Father Brian. Father Brian does a lot to help promote this show. I've decided that we should just create a genre of podcasting called Hot Mess Podcasting. That's what best describes what I do. I think uh, Father Brian might even say that Planet ADHD would fall into the hot mess genre. I like it. Typically, it's the critics that come up with catch names like that. I think of like Favism, the art movement Favism. That is French for a wild beast. And uh, yeah. Uh, so hot mess podcasting i like it we should create a network that is called the hot pet hot mess network and it'll be all podcasts that just kind of go with it man we just plug in put on our headphones stand in front of the mic grab our chapsticks and fizzy water and we just go for it i actually did take notes for this show so i'm i'm really prepared so the shows that I'm actually prepared for are typically the shows that go to shit. But I'm gonna try I'm gonna try for that not to happen. I truly, truly am. Let me share this show with rounding third before I get too far into it. Rounding third. I called into that's why I don't prep. Yeah, that says Father Brian. It's probably a good idea not to. It's uh, the best shows. More more often than not, I'll say the best shows. Uh, you just kind you just see what happens. Like my buddy Brent from down the road, who I've never met. I just know he lives down the road. He calls in once every blue moon, and those shows are always funny. And sharing again, it's hard for me to multitask. I can't text and podcasts at the same time. I am live, dude. I am live, dude. All right. Here we go. Uh, so air quality's bad. Uh, I called into Milt Dog's show last night. Not last night, yesterday afternoon. Probably nighttime for him because he's in Sweden. Those of you who aren't familiar with Milt Dog, 
uh, he's on on a regular basis and people just call in and that's another kind of that would fall into the hot mess genre as well so i've never called in to a podcast before believe it or not i've never called into a podcast before but anyway i'm on my way home from work yesterday and i'm like you know what i'm calling in and there was echo there but they and so i muted myself after a while but i did get them to laugh then i got back to the apartment put the old headphones on and uh then i started talking again and i got them to laugh uh I mean, I want to repeat the conversation. It was 14-year-old boy humor. I had to get it out. I had to get that uh, 14-year-old boy humor out. Hey, LaToya, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. If you're here for the first time, please follow and share if you will. We always have a good time here. I always appreciate an active chat room, and I certainly acknowledge your presence. So... uh, when I first call in, they're in this uh, conversation. I won't mention what the conversation's about because it's this is a PG thirteen show. But I ask, uh, so I ask a question. So this is an interesting topic, uh, Milt Dog and friends. How long have you been talking about this naughty uh, topic you've been talking about? I mean, trace your steps back. How did you begin to talk about such a thing? And Milt Dog, he has this uh, Swedish accent, or uh, I th- he is either it's Danish or Swedish. I think some sort of Scandinavian accent. I know he lives in Sweden now, but was from Denmark originally, or vice versa. I can't remember now. But he goes, "Wicked awesome. That is a good question." Then there's a long pause, and he goes, "And f you." <laughs> Though he didn't say F, he actually said the word. And I just laughed. Uh, That's Milt Dog for you. He doesn't, you know, that's his way of ribbing you. I knew he was trying to be funny, and I just laughed. So anyway, that was my first experience calling in to a podcast yesterday. Don't know what compelled me to do so. I just did it. Yes, I did. Getting a sip of sippy water. There we go. I should be good to go. Takes a little bit for my voice to warm up. And uh, making some friends on the Twitter sphere. Uh, I was emailing a guy today. He has a podcast called I Love This Effing Record. You can find it on Spotify and probably Apple as well. Pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you can find this. But you can definitely, I've been listening to it on Spotify. I Love This Effing Record. So the premise is he has a guest host come on they talk about a record that they both really really like so i'm like hell yeah i'm gonna can i be on your show and he said yes and he has a list a wish list of albums that he would like to review but you don't have to stick to the guest list you can bring up an album that you like and if he likes it too you can talk about that album so without looking at the albums that he's already reviewed i said dan zig's first album he's like ah sorry that's already been done they he he did it like two years ago and i've been listening to that episode today so anyway i chose another album 
Um, if it happens, I'll let you find out what the album is before the podcast actually happens. I'm still trying to arrange that. It won't be on Podbean, unfortunately, unless I can convince him to do his show on my show, which he may not do. So that would be kind of fun. Does kind of give me a segue into an announcement for the next 80s album review that Chris Eric and I are going to do. It's going to be The Cure's Disintegration. Chris says that he's not going to do it. Thank you, Father Brian. Uh, Chris says he's not going to do it because he can't stand Robert Smith's voice. But I said, Chris, you're going to do it. I mean, you do these things. What makes a good review show a good review show is if you have a co-host, a guest, that comes on and disagrees with you. That's what makes review shows interesting and funny. And you would be interesting and funny if you came in and you tried to trash this album. So, I mean, I think that's what makes review shows work, is when people come in and they disagree with one another. Hey, Latoya, welcome back. Welcome to the chat room. Glad you're uh, in the chat room. And I appreciate people commenting in the chat room. Love it, love it, love it. Yes, exactly. Father Brian says his countering opinions will set the ep- sell the episode. And that's what makes these work. If you haven't listened to my interview with the Kevins from Gutting the Sacred Cow, that's what they do. That's what they do. I mean, it's those two as hosts of the show, and then they have a guest host that, or a guest that comes comes in and tries to gut a popular movie. Basically tries to tell everyone why a certain popular movie is bad. And it works. It works. And it's incredibly, incredibly funny. Which will get me into talking about Keanu Reeves and Speed a little bit later. I did want to talk about Woodstock 99 a little bit. The documentary came out, oh, I believe on HBO. It came out on HBO, but I believe it came out Friday night. So I watched it because I remember when it happened. Basically, Woodstock 99 was considered a disaster mainly because of the violence that happened and how it was an example of how commercialism took advantage of a situation that was really a public health concern. Three-day event, degrees of, uh, 100 degrees, well above 100 degrees each day. And vendors were selling bottles of water for $4. (laughs) And Coincidentally, they were also selling beer for $4. So, gee, if I'm 20-something years old, uh, beers, uh, beer is the same as water. Uh, what am I going to do? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe buy the beer. So you can imagine what happened in that scenario. A lot of drunk young people. A lot of drunk, hot young people. The porta potties overflowed, and a water main broke, 
which created this mud pit literally of just overflowing uh, porta bodies. So as these young people are sliding around in what they think is mud, they're actually uh, sliding around in sewage. So I'm watching this. Yes, yes, and I'll get into that. Father Brian just uh, typed in, Limp Biscuit died career-wise on that stage. They did. They did, absolutely. Hey, it's Chris Unplugged. Yeet, all right. Welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. Always glad to see regular uh, listeners in here. Uh, absolutely. All right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Talking about Woodstock 99. And I'll go back a little bit because as I'm watching this, I was in my 20s the entire decade of the 90s. I graduated from high school in 1989. I remember when Woodstock 94 happened, I was finishing up college, staying in the college town I lived in, because I didn't have a choice. I had a job, and the only way that I could survive is by working at this small grocery store job that paid slightly above minimum wage, and I could pay my bills, trying to be responsible. I had two female roommates at the time. We had a threes company situation going on. Uh, It was a fun summer overall. So with Woodstock 94, I remember thinking, Oh wow, this is kind of cool. But then I, then the more I thought about it, and I saw it advertised on MTV, I'm like, wait a second, we're miss something's missing out. We're missing out on something here. Do I want to pay 150 bucks, which was a huge amount of money at the time, to go to this thing? Uh, who do I really, really want to see? I guess I would have wanted to see the Chili Peppers. Alice and Chains were on the bill, but then backed out because Lane Staley had a heroin problem. Primus. Uh, who did an awesome job. Have I said Nine Inch Nails? So there are a handful of bands I wanted to see, but did I feel like I was missing out on something? Uh, Maybe at the time, I don't know. Then one of my female roommates, I mean, I didn't have money, like, at all. She asked me to borrow 100 bucks so she could buy a ticket. And that she would pay me back the middle of the following week when she got paid at her pizza parlor job this one this is when i wasn't even bringing home 200 dollars a week but so i lent her the money somehow it was probably the last hundred dollars i had and she didn't pay me back until much months later and i had to kind of beg for it and out of that hundred dollars she gave me 65 so that's an image I have of Woodstock 94, just like expensive tickets, MTV, commercialism, like, where, I mean, where's the peace, love, happiness, joy, and just goodwill in all of this that, I mean, all of those things I just mentioned seem to be part of the original Woodstock. Where is that? And what do I see? And this I did notice at the time, a large amount, I mean, tens of thousands of white kids in their 20s that don't have the responsibilities that I have to work for my own survival. 
mummy and daddy paying the way somehow. I'm being a little harsh here. I know that. But it, watching this documentary of Woodstock 99 just brought back this kind just this can this anger I had. I was so angry at the time at uh, people who had more than I did. I have come to terms with it in my older years. But it also speaks to the 90s and just this privilege that a lot of white kids my own age had. I saw it in college. I remember, and it goes back, and I think about this. I took a logic class. And... Everyone knew it was an easy class, but I took it, yes, I knew it was going to be easy, but I took it because I also knew it was, there was going to be some philosophical, or I was hoping for some philosophical discussions uh, that we could debate. So it came time, one time to, one class, to have this big debate about Adam Smith and poverty growth and starvation, how they correlate with one another. And was Smith right? Was he wrong? And so I was going to go in. I had a list of ideas. So I go in and I said something to just get the debate going. And all these kids that were there just for the easy grade, not all of them, but most of them looked at me like, what are you doing? We don't want to actually have a debate. We just want to get out of this class quickly. Uh, because it's like Friday and we don't want to be here. And I, it was that type of attitude. Then the few people that were in that class that actually wanted to go along with me and get this debate going didn't because they we were outnumbered. It's like a generation of people that just didn't care, that didn't stand for anything. Flash forward to 1999. I'm out of college. I'm 28 years old. Dating the woman who just started dating, the woman who would later become my wife. And I, there's no way in hell I'm going to Woodstock 99 at that point. It's just like, okay, at this point, I've experienced fish shows called Lemon Wheel in Northern Maine that drew like 50,000 people. Again, all white middle class kids. That's who these festivals were catering to. You never, you rarely saw minorities at these shows. White kids that didn't stand for anything other than the fact they just wanted to be trendy and cool. And you think about the, if you look, if you go to the Wikipedia page and you look at the bands that played at Woodstock 99 there were several because they had many stages you had DJs there like Moby uh, the Chemical Brothers Fat Boy Slim you had minor stages with uh, Willie Nelson some uh, Godsmack performed before anyone heard of Godsmack uh, not that I ever want to see Godsmack and then of course you had the big stage where new metal was huge and that was really when it began to die, uh, thanks to Limp Biscuit. You have Kid Rock up there as well. And I remember Kid Rock saying this, and they showed this in the movie. Just what an idiot. Okay, people, let me tell you something. Monica Lewinsky's an effing hoe, and Bill Clinton's a mother effing pimp. 
you know, it's just like, you know, get off the stage, you moron. And then Limp Biscuit getting up there. Fred Durst, you know, frat boy rock. You know, let's break some shit. Come on. You know, as they're tearing up plywood uh, from the center staging sound booth, sound area. And then fires are set and all this other crap. It's just like he instigated basically, and maybe unknowingly because that's what Limp Biscuit was all about. But you take all this rage this misplaced raged in a situation with a lot of people. I see the chat rooms going and I will respond in a few minutes. I know I'm going on a rant here. Bear with me. It's hot. They're drunk. All of a sudden they are, they're breaking shit. They're beating each other up. Not only that, all, there are a lot of topless, sometimes naked young ladies during this show. Okay, does that give you a right to grope them? No. But the one of the organizers of this event who was interviewed recently said, you can't expect not to be groped if you're walking around like that. You're an asshole for saying that. F you. There are many women that were raped. There are many women that were fully clothed that got groped and their clothes torn off as well. You can't put that blame on a woman regardless of if they're topless or if they're naked. Sorry, you can't. It's an old excuse. We as men know better. It does go to show that in this mob mentality, if other people are doing it, you're young, you're drunk and stupid, Maybe you'll follow along. Again, it's all this misplaced rage. What were they so angry about? And then the, the times, you think about the late 90s. We talk about how people suck today and how social media can ignite things. We forget how we've always sucked. In every generation, in any time period, there's people that have sucked. Think about the late 90s. You had Girls Gone Wild. You had, the, you remember the Girls Gone Wild videos, right? Okay. And this perception that guys, if we're watching that, oh, that's what all these girls must be like, right? You think of Jerry Springer, who was very popular back then. In that show, when two people are arguing or fighting, and you have the crowd just standing up cheering, going, Jerry, Jerry. I mean, it's just like, what the hell? We suck. We suck. You stand for nothing. And I'm watching this documentary and all of this is just coming back to me. How I felt at the time about a lot of my peers who are just idiots. Again, I've come to terms with a lot of it. A lot of it's envy on my part. I didn't want to work a job where I was getting paid just barely above minimum wage. You know, a lot of times I wanted to do the fun things. I was resentful of kids that came back from spring break all tan because I worked. Does it mean that 
everyone has to have the experience I did going through college or going through those years? No, absolutely not. And I don't expect that out of my kids either. And I saw you may have butt down me, Father Brian. So where are we now? I mean, the festivals like Coachella, Bonanero, they still cater to middle-class white people because that, by and large, that's the demographic that can afford to go to these festivals. Looking back on it, I don't regret missing those. I never wanted to see Limp Biscuit. Who gives a shit? Corn plays up in Maine every so often. I've never really been a corn fan. I will say this. The footage of corn I saw, holy cow. They got that crowd jumping to see, like, tens of thousands of people just jumping to that heavy beat. Like, wow. That was, I will say that. That was pretty phenomenal. Never wanted to see The Offspring. I will give the lead singer credit because he did lecture the young men that were groping women during the show, and not every artist did. Um, I mentioned Primus, who played in the 94 one. I saw Primus later on, and I'm glad I did. So anyway, it's kind of my rant on that. It's just, it really brought back just that anger I had in those years. What if Coachella and Bonaero have done is they've learned from their mistakes and they plan better for these events. But the the fact of the matter is the vast majority of these festivals are still not affordable for uh, most of us minorities in particular. And I'm going back to the chitty chat room. I just ranted for a while. All right. Yeah, just set the crowd the F off. Yeah, he did. He did. And he did it with intent, talking about uh, Fred Durst. No meaning. Yes, no means no, no matter what. You can't put the blame on, you know, someone. You, you don't know what people's intentions are, regardless of how they're dressed. I mean, it's really as simple as that. Keep your hands to yourself. We are Gen X and we throw hands. Uh, and we and we suck. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Have you seen the stuff on the Fry Festival? Yeah, I did see that. That's ridiculous, and people got completely robbed of that. But it's an example of how promoters can easily market something and have people buy into it. But yeah, that was ridiculous. Hey, Stout's in here. The brooding angsty nineties. Yeah, I mean that's why I did relate to grunge music so well because it wasn't happy music it was music i could uh, relate to yes indeedy the c stout knew that i was going to uh talk about the album review we have coming up and he got excited we were miserable with the use yeah generate generation x i mean is full of just miserable people i mean we're not I mean, there's many of us aren't happy people. Uh, typically, we're the ones that actually 
do try to advocate for others and have kind hearts, have empathy. Because we can relate. Our parents were just absent. That has a lot to do with it. No question. And it's set to not see the chat room if you come in fresh. Now, that's interesting. Father Brian saw a chat room. I don't, did I do something different? Now, if uh, other people can't see the chat room, uh, let me know. I see. I see that you're in here now. All right. Changing gears just a little bit. Father Brian, I raised my brother or not, and I've been raising kids ever since. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hats off to you, my friend. That that must not have been easy, but I'm sure you have a lot of bonds that you've built over the years as well, which is the silver lining or just doing what you have to do to build the relationships you have is just the right thing to do. My mom sent me something on the face thing today. She tagged me on it. It's a little cartoon of this woman. This uh, is three women, but this woman who's wearing a tank top and her boobs are coming out of the sides of her tank top. I'm surprised the face thing even allowed it because even though it's a cartoon, there's boobs coming out with nipples and everything. And... The caption says something along the lines of uh, when you forget to wear a bra, a sports bra at Zumba class. So it's like, I didn't even respond to it. It's like, what the heck's my mother thinking? Sending me something so naughty. Other people responded to it with laugh emojis and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I've been raising my band since childhood. It's hard. Yes, indeed. Raising a band. I'm in that band. Side boob. Yeah, more than side boob even. It's like when I think of side boob, I just think you see the side of the boob like from a bathing suit or a top or, uh, you know, but you don't see the whole boob. This is like the whole boob coming out the sides. Yep. Wow, Facebook acting like Father Brian. Very cool. It's all about the side boob. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm surprised she got away. I should report her to uh, Zuckerberg. She'll get banned for three days. I think that's what happens. First thing, it's like, how dare you post that type of cartoon? Side boob is best from the back view. How can you see side boob from the back view? Is that a, is that even possible? Does that does that even happen? Trust. I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag F the Zuck, though he didn't say F, Father Brian. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I come in all prepared. So there's my rant about that. Uh, hope Chris Unplugged is still here. I don't know if he is or not. Uh, Layla Latoya, if you're still here, uh, thank you for staying. Always enjoy new listeners. Absolutely. So, okay, I'm going to go, before I get into the speed thing, I want to let you, I'm going to give you the backstory here about speed. I Speaking of the 90s, I saw speed back when it came out on video. The movie itself was released in theaters 1994. Hey, all right, Latoya, good. Glad you're here. 
Yeah, TRBL says stout. Throwback something. Trouble. Trouble, that's what it is. Okay, anyway. Speed, starring Keanu Reeves, Dennis Hopper, Jeff Daniels, and Sandra Bullock, which I believe, I know is the first thing I've ever seen Sandra Bullock in. However, what I don't know is whether or not it was her first movie. I did not see this movie in theaters. I did see it when it came out on VHS the following year. Anyway, I remember watching it, and I really did not like Keanu Reeves at the time. The year before, I saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I could not wait to see that movie. I was so excited, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder. I did not know for whatever reason before I watched it that Keanu Reeves was in it. He single-handedly made that a bad movie. His acting job was so bad in that movie that it ruined it. I watched it once. I will never watch it again. And after watching it, I'm like, F you, Keanu Reeves. How dare anyone put this guy in a movie? So I had this opinion of him that the only reason he's cast in movies is because he looks good to women. He makes women swoon. And I really didn't like that. I, I, it, really, I, I, it really, really bothered me. And to tell you the truth, it still bothers me. However, I've gained, this is where I've gained a lot of knowledge about myself. So, um, on the Twitter uh, this uh, past Sunday, it's raining, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of F with people a little bit here. I'm going to type in this, and this is what I typed in. Any movie starring Keanu Reeves is a six at best on a one through ten scale. And I got a ton of comments. Everyone immediately goes to The Matrix. The Matrix is, is above a six. and No, it's not. It's not. It's not. And for me, it's a hard story to follow. It is good because, not because of the acting, but because of the special effects, which were revolutionary at the time. And he was cast solely because he looks whatever part they wanted that character to look. has nothing to do with his acting. Heck, they could have picked a number of guys in to play that role. Then somebody brought up this movie, Speed. And I'm like, no, Speed's a 5. The Speed is a 5. Speed's a 5 out of 10. And that individual is, I only have two, there's two people on my Twitter followers 
that I know in real life. Just two. Just two out of more than 100 now. So we go back and forth a little bit. Finally, I message her, message her, and we get into this kind of uh, debate about it. You know, she was saying basically, Speed is a very, very good movie. It's just, it's, and plus, uh, the Sandra Bullock character is good because Sarah Bullock in this movie doesn't play the role of the Barbie. She plays the role of this, uh, you know, attractive but not bombshell woman who is also intellectual, smart. And she plays the part well, I, I will say that. So I'm like, okay, okay. And it's suspenseful, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and she was arguing that, you know, and Kiana was cast perfectly for the role. So if you get into the background of this movie and the casting... Uh, I'll tell you here in a second. I'm scrolling down, blah, 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 blah. Because there was something interesting I read here. Uh, Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. There are other people that were going to be cast in this role, as there are always other people that are considered for main uh, roles in a movie. I did feel like this movie was just another remake of Die Hard, which Die Hard to me is probably one of the best action movies ever made. Okay. Where is that? Fox agreed. Perseus. Okay. In preparing for shooting, your script, blah, 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 blah. One of Whedon's blah, 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 blah. Okay. This is what it is. One of Whedon, uh, Whedon was the writer, I believe. Okay, casting. This is where I go. Okay, and I found it. I found it. Jack Speakman was originally attached to Star and Speed. Who the hell is Jeff Speakman? I've never heard that name before. Jeff Speakman. I guess he's an American actor and a martial arts guy. Okay, a black belt. Some of you kung fu movie people might know who Jack Jeff Speakman is. Another one was Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> you miss Stephen Baldwin, the least known Baldwin brother. And he declined the offer because he felt the character was too much like the John McClane character from Die Hard. Ah, uh, you think? They also considered Tom Cruise, yeah, Tom Hanks. Now, that would have been good. That would have been good. Wesley Snipes, he was in a lot of action movies at the time, and Woody Harrelson. I could see Woody Harrelson doing a better job in Keon. I, I see, I, I would have related better to Woody Harrelson in this role. Okay. But ultimately, the director cast Keanu Reeves after seeing Point Break. And Point Break is another horrible movie. Sorry. I can't stand Hollywood pretty boy movies. He felt that the actor was vulnerable on screen. He's not threatening to men because he's not that bulky and he looks great to women. So basically, he's a wuss that women love. Okay. So that's why he was cast. Had nothing to do with his acting ability. He had to do... I mean, he's... 
He's admitting it right here. All right. So I just bear with me, people. And I'll go back to the chitty chat room here in a minute. So I'm going back and forth with my friend about whether or not this is a good movie. And I'm like, okay, I haven't seen the movie in 25 years. I will give this movie another chance. So it's a rainy Sunday. I'm like, oh, look, HBO has it streaming. I will watch this and take notes and I'll do a podcast on my notes and my see if my feelings have changed. So here we are. First of all, it's like it's obviously it's an early 90s movie of when you first start watching it with the hairstyles and all that. And then the acting, it starts out with business people before they get on an elevator. It's like, and they're all doing this kind of stuff. Oh, geez, what a good meeting. What are you doing this week? You know, just like really bad acting. It's similar to Skinamax acting. Now, if you know what Skinamax is, it's late night Cinemax from that same time period where you're watching it just for the boobs and sex, and the acting is inconsequential. That was the type of acting that first appeared itself in this movie. I will give this movie credit because it starts right off with an action scene in the elevator. And then Jeff Daniels uh, and Keanu Reeves, their cop buddies, they appear with their guns, and they're sneaking around the corner, and it's reminiscent of Stout and Skorion back in school, pretending they were the guys from Miami Vice walking around the school, pretending they were holding guns and sneaking up on you and then going, hold it! Very reminiscent of that. I Actually, I, I, that, those are my notes, too. And then they try with humor in this movie, and it misses every freaking time it begins with this the elevator basically has people on it it's hanging it is dangling by a thread dennis hopper's you know got the switch bomb thing that can make that sucker go off any minute and all of a sudden that elevator's going down 11 floors plop. all right and so jeff daniels asks What's going to stop this elevator? And Keanu Reeves goes, the basement. And you're supposed to laugh at that. It's like, uh, that's not funny, Keanu Reeves. Not funny. Sorry. Then they get up. Then they get into these scenarios that these stupid scenarios when action scenes are going on. Jeff Daniels is like, you have a hostage situation. Where the captor is going to take the hostage on the plane. What do you do? What do you do? And they do the what do you do? What do you do? Question twice. And they do this throughout the whole freaking movie. And it's just like, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. I'm not even going to bring up the other times. Because anyway, in this situation, Keanu's like, well, yeah, shoot the hostage in the leg. Take the no, you shoot the hostage. That's what he says. He doesn't say shoot the hostage in the leg. Uh, yeah, you shoot the hostage, take him out of the equation. It's like, okay, so 
there's a later scene, and I'm not going to go through every detail. I apologize. There's a later scene where Jeff Daniels all of a sudden is being taken hostage by Dennis Hopper. What does Keanu do? He shoots Jeff Daniels in the leg. And therefore, and in the long and then he rescues. I'm getting exhausted talking about this. And then he rescues Jeff Daniels from this situation. It's just dumb. Uh, plus, Keanu Reeves is supposed to be this seasoned veteran. He looks like he's 14 in the movie. And another, so then they get on this bus that has to, I mean, I'm going way forward, okay? So Keanu finds out, you know, on a payphone that there's a bomb on the bus. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what, Keanu? Maybe you can go back in time and make sure that bomb doesn't get planted. You know, I'm thinking he's on a payphone, right? Let's make this a Bill and Ted thing. Why the hell not? He saves the bus by making sure the you know, by stopping Dennis Hopper from planting the bomb in the first place. Movie over. Saves me the trouble in watching it. And then he plays air guitar and runs off with Rufus and we're done, right? And Billy the Kid or whoever else. Why not? But instead... He starts running after the bus, but no, he doesn't run after the bus. He steals a car, a sports car with a guy still in it, chases after the bus. Instead of just calling dispatch and saying, uh, yeah, there's a bomb on this bus and it has to stay above 50 miles per hour for it not to go off. If it drops below 50, it's going to explode. No, he can't do that. Instead, he's got to chase it down with a stolen sports car on uh, on a Los Angeles freeway. You know, yeah. It, instead of calling dispatch to clear the area, to get these cars off the freeway and just have the bus, this is what he's doing instead. All right. Rounding third's on his way. He just texted me. I'm like, all right, all right. This is the movie. I get it. I get it. This is the movie. This is the movie. So he gets on the bus. You know, all of a sudden, the bus driver gets shot accidentally. So Sandra Bullock, who's never driven a bus before, is going to drive this bus in Los Angeles. And I think she's just visiting, if I remember correctly. Uh, Cameron, the guy who played Cameron and Ferris Bueller, he's on the bus. He kind of plays a dank at one point, he goes, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Oh, I just, I can't be here. I can't be here. I fully expect him to die. Isn't that the, the selfish ones typically that are the ones that die in these movies? But he didn't. I mean, spoiler alert. Most people my age, if not everyone, seen this movie. So it goes on and on and on, and the bus going down, and... Yeah. I mean, I took a lot of notes, but so I'll I'll mention a couple more scenes and I'm just like, are you kidding me? So they finally get the freeway cleared. Everything is cleared. So it's just the bus. It takes them a long time to do this. I'm not very impressed with the LAPD here. And this is shortly after the L.A. riots, after the Rodney King verdict. So 
Yeah, this is the, the LAPD is not looking so good. Come to find out, this freeway has not been finished yet. So there's a gap in the road, a 50 foot gap. And Kiana's like to Sandra Bullock, who's never driven a bus before, that that she's crashing all over the place. And somehow this bus isn't getting dense. I mean, the rear view mirrors are still intact. It's like, holy cow, this is like the most rugged bus I've ever freaking seen. What does Kiana do about this uh, freeway not being complete and this 50-foot gap? He goes, floor it. We're going to jump it. And I'm like, what? 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 And then, of course, the bus jumps the 50-foot gap in the most ridiculous special effects I've seen in anything in a while. Granted, this movie's old. The... How, the the front of the bus actually comes up before it hits the gap as if there's a ramp there but not really and it's like Smokey and the Bandit in the Cannonball Run movies that the car just makes a jump and there's no explanation for it it just jumps like it has some sort of ignition boost or something I'm like okay okay no get it now the end of the movie they're on a subway in a situ- same situation, and it's like, oh, my God, this is just getting old. Really? Guess what? The subway track hasn't been finished. And what does Kiana say? Floor it. So he does. Somehow they survive. The train slides, like, through this wall. It's out on the street, and it gradually kind of slows down. Then this van full of, like, tourists puts on its brakes and just kind of nudges it. And the guy getting out of the van isn't like, holy shit, where did this subway car come from? Like, what the hell? Wow, I think I seen everything. Holy shit. No, that's not his response. His response is this. Oh, my goodness. This hit my, oh, this, this train hit my van. Oh, jeez, what's going on? Then it ends, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves have never met each other, and they're lying in this tipped-over subway train car, and they start making out. And it's just like, why does this have to have, why does this have to have an end with a love story, but why does it have to have a love story at all? Again, because it appeals to women. Sandra Bullock is playing this attractive, but on a bombshell typical hollywood starlet who's an intellectual smart you know it gives women your average woman just like hope that they can somehow be rescued by keanu reeves okay so i watched it and then i got into a conversation with this person and i came to the realization why i really don't like this movie and you folks have probably picked up on it I am jealous of Keanu Reeves. Yep, I am. I can't relate to him. I I want to be in an action movie. I want to be pretty enough to be in an action movie. And the more I talked, I'm like, wow, this is more me than it is Keanu Reeves, isn't it? Because this movie 
which got which received very good reviews, ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, did what it was supposed to do. It is suspenseful, and it appealed, like the director said. He didn't feel Keanu Reeves isn't intimidating to men. I find him annoying, but it did appeal to women. And who doesn't like a movie full of action scenes? And the actually overall the action scenes hold up very very well. And Den- Dennis Hopper is just the man. I mean, Dennis Hopper is just he played a believable villain and. Uh, Jeff Daniels' role was minor. I didn't really buy the buddy-buddy relationship that he and Keanu Reeves had. Uh, Jeff Daniels was better in Dumb and Dumber, per, and I'm saying that in all seriousness. Uh, but I, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, yeah, I just get sick of pretty boys being cast in these action movies. And it's probably the reason why I've never seen a Mission Impossible movie, because I feel, even though I have seen movies with Tom Cruise that I have liked, I just feel like Mission Impossible would be just, would be one of these movies that he was just put in because of his looks. And I got to get over it, and I need to get over that. It's just the way things are. It's just, yeah, I mean, I feel a little jealous. I don't like Dirty Dancing, but I see the appeal of it because Jennifer Grey's character is ordinary. And there's all the Gen X women out there fell in love with Patrick Swayze in that movie. I get it. Even though he played kind of a dope in that movie. quite I mean, quite frankly. But I can't relate to Patrick Swayze in that movie. I mean, I'm not a Dirty Dancer hunky guy working in the cat skills all right back to the chitty chat room i've been running my mouth for a while i see jill's uh, little jay's in here and wolf welcome all right okay let's go way back okay he was an odd casting choice uh father brian said for yep yep uh, Father Brian is right. They could have cast anyone else if a ham sandwich audition it would have uh, got the car. If a ham sandwich audition it would have got the car. Uh, if a, uh, I think he, Father Brian is right. They could have cast anyone else if a ham sandwich audition would have got the part. Got it. Yeah, I would totally do. I would totally do that movie for a ham sandwich. Absolutely. Welcome, little Jay. You got attacked. No, it's the story writing and its co-stars make it big. Speed used to be good to me. Well, I mean, it's you can watch it again. I mean, also, there is the Die Hard factor. Die Hard is a very similar movie and came out not long before that. So in in a way they knew they could make money with this movie because of the popularity of Die Hard. Speed being a five is based on Dennis Hopper. I like Dennis Hopper. Oh, otherwise it's a three. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So Dennis Hopper brought it up a little bit. Yeah. I could, I could uh, get on with that. I do think I was willing to say that maybe it's between a five and a six. If I really think about why I don't like, I mean, if I don't like it, 
for that one reason of who the main character is is that enough well maybe it is like i mentioned the bram stroker bram stroker dracula thing i mean he just ruined that i wanted sarah bollock back when i was young until she was with that f-head uh jesse james of monster garage is that who she ended up with jesse james of monster garage hi little jill I see still our friend from Idaho. Yeah, see, Die Hard is an awesome movie. I will stand behind. Die Hard is very good. Very good. I saw that in the theater when it came out. Incredible. Um, was a karate guy back in the day, so that must have been, we we're talking about the, the guy that was almost cast. Okay, martial arts. His hand speed was insane. Okay, what was that guy's name again? It was Jeff Speakman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I had heard of him, I had forgotten about him. Yeah. Jeff Speakman just stuck to his martial arts instead of acting pretty awesome at it. Yeah. So he actually just stayed with the martial art based on a crappy two story. Wait, you have HBO? Yeah, I got HBO. I'm living the life, man. Not only do I have HBO, I have Hulu without commercials. You rich bastard. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. Rounding third has entered. Hey, rounding third. Now the show gets going. Sweet Psalmist. Love studio. Welcome, Sweet Psalmist, if you're still here. Hey, Eric. Eric, you still in the studio? If you're here, welcome. Yeah. LA Free Warriors never moved so fast. He was a dink in Ferris Bueller. I still think Ferris Bueller wasn't a very good person. That's another argument. Well, he was a kid. Yeah, he was a kid. But he also convinced his friend to steal his dad's car, skip school, told the principal her, his girlfriend's grandmother died. I mean, you know, he was, he was a deceptive liar. You know, most movies are real, right? Absolutely rounding third. Oh, then he, then he has to say aren't real. No, come on, rounding third. Let's have some fun here. All right. What, Speed? No, I didn't think Speed was a true story. thought about watching it, but I don't know. I'm depressed now. Watching what, Speed or Ferris Bueller, Die Hard? I'm getting confused. I want to drive off a freeway now. No, don't drive off a three-way rounding third. Welcome, Podbean user. I wish I was I wish there was an off ramp right now. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Wait, we used to say Florida all the time. Well we did, but it's stupidly, but I never jumped. My Ford my seventy six Ford Granada never jumped anything. You know, not like Smokey and the Bandit. That's the only part that could actually happen. Okay. Sweet Enter the Life Studio. Hey, welcome to Sweet Wolf Entered. Uh, a lot of people have come and gone, I see, which is fine. Jeff Daniels is awesome, buddy. Jeff Daniels is good in most everything he is in. He wasn't good in this. His role was minor, and when he spoke, it's just like, dude, I mean, just because you're co-starring with an absolute uh, monotone, idiotic guy pretty boy doesn't mean you have to drop your acting skills to his level 
character is like dirty uh, character is like dirty dancing have you ever physically done it i've done yeah i've uh, i don't really watch those either don't feel that character is like dirty dancing have you ever physically done it dirty dancing yeah man i did dirty dancing yesterday i did i taught a zumba class i was dirty Wicked, would you do anything for hard salami? You damn right I would. I'd do anything for hard salami. I would dirty dance for hard salami. Eric, all right, man. Hopefully Eric's still around. Ebag. All right. Jack Daniels is better than Jeff Daniels. I you know, I in I'm not a drinking man anymore, but I can see where how some people would feel that. Look up Jeff Daniels. Yes, Jeff Daniels can play music. I have seen him play music before. All right. So now I'm caught up in the chitty chat room. All right. So anyway, yeah, I have a hard time with Hollywood pretty boys that I can't relate to. See, the the Bruce Willis diehard character I can relate to, somehow he seems kind of ordinary. You know what I mean? Bruce Willis is a good-looking guy, but he's not like a slamming hot guy. I mean, so I can kind of relate to him. Uh, everybody can relate to Rocky because Rocky is really that, uh, what do they call it, Horatio Alger myth of, you know, the little guy just doing better. We can all relate to that, uh, certainly. Uh, in superhero movies, we we can't relate to them, but they're not human they're not human so i mean if a pretty boy is cast in a superhero movie i don't get offended so much john mcclain that's right yeah batman you know it depends on who's playing batman christian bale to me played the best batman we can i mean we can go around in circles on that one i mean essentially it's just you know bruce wayne is like a playboy type but always in the background he's batman his subconscious always makes him batman he always wants to be batman but to me christian bale was the best batman and he yeah and he's a trillionaire too and none of us can really relate to that well he's superhuman i mean he's human but he's superhuman because he's freaking batman all right He's just, he's Batman. How about, think about, I was talking to uh, with the same person I talked to Speed about today. It's been an ongoing conversation. Daniel Craig is an awesome James Bond and a really good looking guy, but he's British. So, and somehow making him, somehow him being British makes him supernatural. Clark Kent, yeah. The whole Clark Kent thing is, nobody has done Superman right. I mean, there I, to me, there hasn't been true. I mean, Superman is the ideal superhero, but I don't really believe they've done Superman right on the big screen. You can go back to the uh, Christopher Reeve version. It doesn't stand the test of time very well. And when you really look at it, it's not that great of a movie. Though, I mean, I will say Christopher Reeve at least looks the part. But, it, yeah, no one's ever really done that well. Yeah. Welcome, N.C. Shaw. Yeah, yeah. Christian Bale's British, too. Yeah, and it's like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine. Somehow you can relate to him because he's just kind of like this pissed-off guy. He's not perfect uh, in an emotional 
sense, you know, there's this hardness to him. There's this roughness to him, so you can relate to that. And plus, he's like an Australian, so that makes him seem uh, somehow extra, ex- extraordinary. Yeah, they're all British. They're all British. N.C. Shaw. Yeah, Huge Ackman. Love me. I love Hugh Jackman. Love, and he can act. He can act. Hugh Jackman can actually act. Ah, there we go. So getting into this kind of debate, R.J. Keller, who's I interviewed on this show before, she got into the social media debate about Keanu Reeves as well. Okay, so going back, if you just enter the room, no movie that ever starred Keanu Reeves is better than a six on a one through 10 scale. And I still stand by that. She said Matrix is a nine. And I'm like, no way. Matrix is not a nine anywhere. You're saying Matrix is a nine out of 10. And then I asked, what do you rate the original, the first trilogy of Star Wars movies? How would you rate those? And she rated Empire Strikes Back a 7. I'm going back off memory here. Star Wars, A New Hope, a 6. And The Return of the Jedi, I believe a 5 or maybe even a 4.5. And I'm like, what? How's that even possible? Matrix is not better than any of those movies. It's not. It's, it's, it's just, it's not. It's not. Um, I mean... Again, we're talking about opinions here. Like a certain body part we all have, everyone has one. But I don't see how The Matrix is better than those, what, uh, four or five episodes, four, five, and six of the Star Wars trilogy, uh, of the Star Wars series, the original Star Wars trilogy. I just don't see that. I just don't see that. Hugh Anus says Eric. Uh, J says now SW. Uh, I guess it's uh, okay. Sorry. Four, five, and six were the original. Yes, they were. Four, five, and six were the original. And all of those movies were better than The Matrix. All of them, including Return of the Jedi, which people tend to uh, crap on a little bit, but I like The Return of the Jedi. I like that movie. Huge erection. You guys are really going on with the Hugh Jackman stuff, I see. And I actually got lucky through life with girls sometimes because you can. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, I had luck with girls. And even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. That does happen. Geez, I'm a popular guy. All of a sudden, I'm getting like text messages and stuff. Yes, indeedy. So I get a text today from this unknown number. It says, is this Matthew? And I said, it depends on who this is. And then I gave a hint, is this a Monhegan friend perhaps? Because I was just out on the island. And someone said they gave a certain someone my number. But then I didn't hear back from them. So I'm wondering if it's some scammer that figured out my name and number. Yep. 
Oh, I got to go back to the chat room because I know I'm missing something good here. Here we go. Yeah, and I know Star Wars trivia. Okay, you know Star Wars trivia. Without looking, who spoke? Who was the first character to speak? Uh, Who was the first character to speak in the first Star Wars movie? When I say the first Star Wars movie, I mean Episode Four: New Hope. Who was the first character to speak? You can say you found a knot. Dick picks. Oops. Uh, so I wrote it on the men's room wall. Sorry. What's that? Oh, the number. Yeah, I see. I see. You wrote that number. I I see. Thank you. I got you. Uh, Naboot entered the live studio. Welcome, Naboot. It was not R2. You got to guess again, people. You got to guess again. But and he says he knows Star Wars trivia. Aduko James. The trivia question is without looking. Yeah, do not look it up. Don't look it. Yeah, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Who is the first character to speak in the first Star Wars movie? Not the Phantom Menace. A New Hope, Episode Four. And. We'll go from there. Yeah. Rounding third is right. Read Dick, look up. What is rounding third right about, Stout? Hugh Janus. It wasn't Hugh Janus. <laughs> uh, we're still on this Hugh Jackman kit. Hugh Jackman was in Canucks, Maine. Uh, what was it, two summers ago, three summers ago? He actually went to Unity College first, and then he had breakfast with his wife and daughter. They were touring Unity College. Then they went to breakfast at Ridgetop Restaurant, the restaurant for sale on Knox Ridge. And there's a picture with uh, Irene, the Irene we went to high school with. She waited on them. She had a picture. There's a picture hanging on the wall, her and Hugh Jackman. Scroll up, you dumbass, says Rounding Third. Okay, I'm scrolling up. Okay. Look up, read Dick. Uh, I wrote it on the men's room wall. Dick picks, oops. Uh, you can say I found a nut. She was the lucky one. Yeah, I know Star One. She was the lucky one. You can say she found a nut. Dick picks, oops. I wrote it on the men's room wall. Sorry, see. Oh, there it is. Yeah, rounding third, got it. I'm sorry. Somehow I missed that rounding third. It is C-3PO. Yep, you're right. You're right. Sorry I missed that. Rounding third, let's get Okay, hold on. I'm going to give an applause for rounding third. I just got to get my settings right. Here we go. No, not that. Not that. Here we go. Let's hear it for rounding third. woo They're in the desert of Tantooine. Yes, they were stout. Yep, that's yeah, that's what happened, and that's who spoke first. C-3PO is a place on the map for a local nail code. For the local nail code? Mail code? Yay for me. You can buy me a drink in a few weeks. I will love to do that. Mail. There we go. I knew you meant mail, C-Stout. 
Yes, uh, rounding third and I are going to be pulling in an airplane for charity. I believe uh, Eric has Eric has been part of this before. Uh, I'm not sure if he's joining us on this one or not, but that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to pulling an airplane with uh, rounding third for charity. I like the, and Eric's doing it. Okay, so Eric. Rounding third and myself will be pulling an airplane for charity for the Travis Mills Foundation. Uh, it'll be fun. I'm going to pull the hell out of that plane. I'm going to pull a hat. Yes, indeed. I love this. Uh, Podbean entered the live studio. Hi, entered the live studio. Well, hi, and they come and then they go. They come and then they go. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. And then welcome Podbean user. All right, all right. It's all good. <sighs> yeah. Excellent. So Stout and Eric, I announced earlier before you came on, our next album review is going to be The Cure Disintegration. And Father, yes, yes, Stout. And as Father Brian said, it's just your insight on something you don't like is what makes the show good. And it what it's what makes it funny. It's what otherwise it'll just be Eric and I agreeing, because uh, Eric loves the cure disintegration. Uh at Seastout, are you still going home or are you gonna stay up here? Would you love to have you pull the plane too? Yeah, actually Stout might be up here that time. Uh, he's coming up in the fall, so he says, I don't know if I'll be there at the time. It's on October 16th. So, yeah, it's on October 16th. I'm going to be pulling the hell out of this airplane. Oh, he's leaving the 25th of September. Okay. Well, you can always come back up, Stout. Hey, Nick Nat, entered the live studio. Welcome, Nick Nat, to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. I am Matt. We are very friendly to people that entered the live studio. We talk about a number of things. We talk about uh, action movies. We talk about albums that we like from the 1980s. We talk about childhood memories from uh, the 80s and the 90s, though we were kids in the 80s. We talk about pulling airplanes. We talk about actors that are pretty boys that we resent because they're pretty boys and they get to be in movies. We talk about Star Wars and who speaks in Star Wars movies. We talk about a number of things. We talk about life. We talk about our issues. We laugh. Sometimes we cry. That's been done here before. Sometimes there's a little potty mouth humor. But it's on the innocent side. Sometimes we talk about lost dreams and despair, but mostly we just talk about good times and our hopes. And you often hear me read from the chitty chat room the best I can. And typically I read things out of context. I'm a slow processor. And sometimes I don't get things right away and then things click and I get them and I laugh. But most of all, 
We don't take life too seriously. The show, The Wicked Awesome Podcast, hosted by yours truly, is indeed a hot mess a good part of the time, and it's the hot mess that makes this show so special. How are you doing, Knickknack? How are you doing? Laugh out loud, that's okay, innocent or not. I love that. I love that, Knickknack. And I love you being here in the room. We're all exciting one day, so why be serious? I like that. I like that. Okay, now I got to scroll up and read from the Chitty Chat Room. Oh, we're all exiting one day. I told you, I'm a slow processor. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't always pay attention to detail, and I read too quickly. We are all exiting one day, so why be serious? You got it. You got it. Life's too short. Be knick-knack. Be like knick-knack. Okay, here we go. Knickknack entered. Okay, Patty was. I'm pulling a plane and then back. Hey guys, says Knickknack. Patty Whack. I was an actor, then I was a pretty boy. Yes, you can be an actor, then you can be a pretty boy. It's good to be both. I'm an 80s baby. Oh, okay. You're an 80s baby. Most of us in here graduated in the late 80s or early 90s. I've stayed quiet. Yeah, Father Brian, you've been, you have been quiet tonight, which is okay because I, I appreciate you staying around. I appreciate your words. Your words are always good. They make me laugh, and sometimes they're they blow my mind. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, man. I'm serious, actually. Father Brian, Father Brian has really good words of wisdom. I like Father Brian. Rounding third says Anita Dickinney. Now there's a joke in there. Oh, I need a dick in me. Gotcha, gotcha. See, that one I caught on pretty quickly. Huge sickle. Huge sickle. Filth stayed down. Yeah, the filth's pretty good tonight. Filth's uh, been uh, under check tonight. Uh, a little bit of filth's okay. The dick insider, okay. Yeah, now it's getting a little more raunchy. <laughs> knick-knack like that hey q bella welcome coming in all right we gotta like that we like q hey q all right then the yes the ever used phil mccracken i need a margarita i need a margarita um, i need a margarita eileen dover Oh, I leaned over. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think Q Bella, yeah, Q Bella was on the line yesterday when I called in to Milk Dog. And that talk got quite interesting for a while. Yes, indeed. Ben's brother, Q Bella, and we thank you for that. Yes. Uh, something about condoms not being used in somebody's house, though I won't mention who mentioned that. Uh, but. Yeah, that was funny to call in. I liked calling in to Milt Dog yesterday. I'll have to do that again sometime. Yes. Oh, yeah, the cocksicles. Right. So you fill up condoms with water, and then you put them in 
the freezer and you have instant coxicles. Now, it's not exactly going to be in that shape of a phallus. A perfect one, anyway. It's going to have just kind of like that torpedo shape. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're right, rounding third. I'm not going to read that out loud because, yeah, I I loved it when I mentioned earlier in the episode when I asked uh, Milt about how they got onto that conversation about that subject you just mentioned, which I'm not going to read. Uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, we've been talking about this for 20 minutes. And then I ask, so what led up to that conversation to you talking about that subject? And Milt Dog goes, wicked awesome. That's a good question. And fuck you. <laughs> and I just laughed. I mentioned that earlier, but that was before people in the room. But I... I, I like it when he does that. That's funny. I was really expecting him to give me a real answer. Uh, absolutely. And good. So I'm almost running out of things to talk about. I couldn't believe it. I actually had notes and all that other stuff. Yeah, that was his real answer. That was his real answer. Absolutely. The F you, wicked awesome. F you. Yeah. So when I enter people's live shows, I go by the podcast name, not my name. And I, I kind of like it that way. I kind of like being called Wicked Awesome. I guess if I was going to change uh, anything, I'd, I'd, I'd go in by maybe Wicked Matt, I'd, you know, just to have some association with this podcast. Uh, if I, I know that Father Brian... Obviously, he goes in with his name, Lady Rebecca, the same. They don't go in with their podcast uh, logo, and a lot of people do it that way. Yeah, Brother Wicked. Oh, I like that. I like that. I'll be Brother Wicked, or just Wicked. That or just Wicked. That works. Oh, good. That's good. All right. Excellent. 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 Um. I heard a really good song the other day, and I can't remember who it's by. I'll throw it out to you guys, because Eric and Chris are my fellow band compadres. And maybe one of you others out there listening might know. But someone on the Face thing shared a song the other day that I listened to, and it sounded very Otis Redding-ish. Like it, it sounded old, but it's a modern band, modern musician. The name of the song I remember was 99 Shades of Crazy by J.J. something or other. Does anyone know who I'm talking about or the song? John Wicked. Yeah, there we go. Is it J.J. Kale? No. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, but that's a good song. No, it wasn't by Clutch. No, no, Clutch is often talked about here. Clutch is coming to Maine again, I see. Um, I with somebody else. I can't remember. Yeah, Clutch is at the State Theater. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they come to Maine quite a bit. Yeah. Is your favorite actor... Is your favorite actor is John With? Is your favorite actor is John With? Uh, Chris, is, that, is there a typo in there somewhere? Do you got an extra word? Did you leave out a word? Where are we at? Have another one. 
because my favorite actor is who is my favorite actor? Jeez, I got to think about that. Who's your favorite actor? His phone has been drinking, says rounding third. Uh, that's funny. Uh, who is my favorite actor? Jeez, I got to think long and hard about that one. Probably, I don't know, Daniel Day-Lewis, he's good. Uh, I like Hugh Jackman. I like Hugh Jackman. I like Daniel Craig. Who else? Who else? Divine was solid. Divine and John Waters movies. Yeah, you know, those John Waters movies are really good. If you haven't watched any of them, you should. I've watched quite a few of them. I haven't watched all of them, but I've watched quite a few of them. John Wick is Kiana, you dickhead. Well, I didn't say John Wick. Okay, that's where there's typos stout. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen any of the John Wick movies because I refuse. Because <laughs> Keanu Reeves is in. <laughs> no, I should go watch the John Wick movies because I've heard good things about them. I can get off that. Uh, I hate the voice shit. My phone is dumb as F. Yeah, I don't do the voice activation stuff on my phone. It never works. John Waters, yeah, absolutely. John Waters is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the last movie I remember him putting out was Pecker back in the late 90s, which I did like. But I know he's put out movies probably since then. He had one with Johnny Knoxville, actually, and I can't remember the name of it. With Tracy Ullman, they are all horny people. Uh, Tracy Ullman, uh, Selma Blair was in it, and she had big boob implants. What was the name of that movie? That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Ron and Third said, my accent Fs it up, meaning the voice-activated text thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good film. Yeah, absolutely, Father Brian. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So, one thirty. Okay, so this is the time. I always do this in this podcast. It's at the one thirty mark. And I say to myself, all right, time to end the show. And then something happens, and magically it goes on for another half hour, and things get really, really heated and hot, and there's like a bazillion people in the chitty chat room, and then I have to end the show because my two hours are up. And we got we got Planet ADHD we got to warm up for that comes on at 10 Eastern Time and 9 Central Time. <laughs> oh, Rounded Third just sent me uh, a uh, funny text. Uh, dirty shame. It's not going to tonight. Love you all. Dirty shame. The Oh, dirty shame. That's the John Waters film. Yes. And that was, no, I'm not going to say that. Hey, Chris Unplugged. Welcome in just in time, Chris Unplugged. Our favorite DJ who gets the house just a jumping. I apologize. I've missed the last two Friday shows due to family obligations, but I always listen when I can. Love Chris Unplugged's music. Love his DJ and show. All right. Yeah. How is gig? Uh, how is uh, gig wife? Yeah. Yeah. How is gig wife? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Stout, if you're still in, uh, feel free to call in. I always like uh, you calling in because I have some questions to ask you, Mr. Stout. Yes, indeedy. 
Yeet, yeet. Rounding, yes, indeed. We love it. Welcome, Podbean user, who came in as well. We're talking Keanu Reeves. We're talking many things. We're talking live studio action and how it heats up in the last few minutes before you have to end the show. We're talking dick pics. Uh, Rounding Third just sent me one. And we're talking about long-lost loves. We're talking about anything we damn well please. That's what we're talking about here at the Wicked Awesome Podcast. Who you want calling in? Chris Unplug, you can call in if you want. I, I was uh, talking about Stout, if uh, but you have an open invitation uh, most of the people here actually have an open invitation. Eric, of course, because he has rounding third does, but he won't. Uh, Father Brian, of course, and Stout. Yeah, uh, Nick Nack left. All right, see, all right, she stayed for a little while. That's cool. That's cool. We gotta like it. We gotta like it. All right, rounding third gig uh, hustles in Florida with grandparents at Disney. All right. Doing the Disney thing. Never been to Disney. I go to Florida quite often, but I've never been to Disney for whatever reason. I went to Bush Gardens as a kid. That was fun. I remember I was, I was 15, went with my grandparents. That was cool. like that. I like that. I like the gondola rides and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we go to the Lowry Park Zoo in Tampa quite a bit because it's cheaper and the kids up like the animals. The last time I went, my daughter was oh, 14, and she was able to feed the giraffe uh, romaine lettuce leaves, and she liked that. So we did that. We, we liked that. I just like the bush at Bush Gardens. Oh, uh, yeah, rounding third. Here we go. We got a live caller, people. Here we go. I sent the invite, and here it comes. Hey, all right. Hey, how you doing, Stout? Well, hello, Matthew. You doing okay? We got a live one. We got a live one. Good yeah, I'm on. doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing wicked awesome, as the show would imply. Well, that's I could only expect that you would be. Exactly. We got a bleeder, says Rounding Third. We yes, got so. a bleeder. We got a bleeder. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, you know, you could get a cheap airline ticket up here. They're only like 50 bucks now from Florida to Maine and pull that airplane with us. I've already got one. Oh, you're going to come up and pull the airplane on October 16th? That's what I'm talking no, about. No, I'm, I'm going to be up uh, the 20th of August. I've, I, I actually get there that evening, and um, you oh, and I oh, tried to talk. A- we you're cutting yeah, your clothes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We yeah. talked about doing a, a show, remember a live show in the pub, like with listeners yep. and, you know, like the pub sound behind us, but we probably have to have some plexiglass or something to keep it kind of, you know, yeah. intimate. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We can do that sometime. But yeah, you'll be up here long enough. So we, Chris and I are going to do a live show. Uh, Hopefully at the Front Street Pub. If not, I'll try to find another venue. But we'll, we do want to do a show in front of a live audience. How we'll do it, I'm not sure. 
Some, I think uh, you just go in there and then people notice you and then they come up and they're, hey, and they start yelling at you and you go, all right, settle down. And then, uh, yeah. but it would be appropriate, you know, to do it the night before in the pub just to get the, because most of our friends and, and things will be there probably. Yeah. If we could do it that way, that would be cool. Um, it's one of those things we wouldn't have to have speak. We wouldn't have speakers projecting out to people in the pub. No, I don't of, think that would be. be there. We just do what yeah. we do here. We just do. What yeah. We're yeah. Doing now. And, yeah. And if people notice and they come up and you just say, Hey, and blah, blah, blah. And if, a couple of close friends or a bandmate or something comes up and wants to join in and, and talk that that's kind of, I think, you know, be incognito, but also be people will know you're there kind of thing, you know, right. because that's, right. that draws, um, draws interest and it's entertaining. It's entertainment. It bra- it's entertainment. It's, uh, I like to think that we're somewhat entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Another what thing, were your other questions you wanted to ask you? Like, I have to ask you questions. Well, I I did have questions for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, boy. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, All right. I am very entertained. Uh, rounding third. I'm very. He asks, are you not entertained? I am very entertained. Are you uh, yeah. not entertained? Are you not Wait till I get up there. Wait, wait till we get up there, rounding third. Wait till I get to see you. You'll be entertained. My, oh, my friend, you're going to be entertained. All right. Oh, you'll yeah. be entertained. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you got to do the, you got to do the disintegration cure, uh, podcast with us. You, you gotta, you gotta. Oh, so you're asking me that because you're afraid I'm going to bow out. Well, I uh, know. I don't know if you've committed to it completely yet. Cause I know you're adamant. <laughs> Your your hatred is uh, profound. It's not like hatred. Well, kind of. You're putting me. <laughs> so you are putting me on the spot. It's um. I, I mean, I'll, I'll do the you. show with you. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the show with you. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll just cool. Well, good, good. Yeah, we'll figure out a time to uh, do that. So our next eighties album review. You, but you, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. I'm going to put you on the spot though, because you. This is how you operate. And you can yep. even ask Eric because the day you asked, you were like, Hey, um, this is how your texts come through. This is your exact voice in the text that day. This okay. is how I heard you. Hey, you guys want to do another eighties album review? Yep. Hey, thoughts. Yep. And I'm like, yep. Came right through with a couple thoughts. I was like, yeah, how about this one? And I was like, yeah. And you were like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. So uh, I'll just do what I want to do. That's kind of like your. That's, that's kind of your like text kidding. voice. It was like this. Eh, thanks for the suggestion, but no, we're not doing that. And then I made fun, and you could tell the whole world that when I yeah, said, "Oh," I said with Eric in the our little uh, uh, text room, I said, "Oh, he's probably going to want to do." What did I say? The Cure or the Pesh Mode and the or the Smiths or the Smiths, right? Or the Pesh Mode and and. Truthfully, if you were going to pick one, I was like, oh, God, I, I just gave him the ammo. And if he picks one, I hope it's Depeche Mode because I could do Depeche Mode. And you're like, oh, the cure, that's a good one. Oh, everybody's going to love this. And I was like, ah, they are going to love it. And so um, I pulled up to my lunch now, spot that day. It was, I was a Friday. Being, I, pulled, I was like, it's going to happen. It was terrible. I was being, I was being polite. Actually, uh, Ryan Third just said, "You uh, weren't being polite. You didn't even take my suggestion. Polite, like, no, we're not doing you, that. I'm doing what I want. That wasn't yeah. really my attitude. That wasn't my <laughs> yes. attitude. I know, Damn, I man. know. But that's exactly the way I heard the text. You're like, 
oh, yeah, any suggestions? Sounds great. You guys got something to say? And I was like, yeah, how about this? And you were like, fuck, no, we're not doing that. This is what we're going to do. Um, so I already know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what it was is you came up with Billy Squire. And I'm like, yes. all right, okay. Um, and I knew. Squire, Squire. Yeah. Squire, Billy Squire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eric. Uh, oh, actually. And then you brought up those three bands, and I'm like, you know what? I've thought about the Cure disintegration because I do like that album. Damn it! I that was, make mistakes. That was, and that was only that was my only choice. Then Eric came up with Tango in the Night, Fleetwood Mac, which actually I don't mind that album. I do. I know I, we should have like just it. done that. We should have done anything but. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, and then we need a fourth choice, and Eric said, oh, "Well, we need a hair metal album," and I said, "Well, how about Rat out of the cellar?" and uh, Eric was like, okay. So then I did a poll on Twitter and I also did a poll on Facebook and overwhelmingly, I mean, I by like a four happen. to one margin, people chose. Yes. People yeah. who don't know about real music and people who have too many, there's too many vaginas in the crowd. And yeah, of course you're going to get that. I knew that was going to happen. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to deal with it. I made fun and I knew it was going to go. So like an ocean wave, it took over and I was like, ah, here we go. But anyway, I'm, I'm fine with it. And then Eric busted my chops. He's like, oh, Eric, it was like, you did a Madonna one stout. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But in my head, she had a and way, actually- she had a way. But she had a way better building of a career and like actually did business sense. So she's way bigger than they are. But whatever. And actually, after the episodes are published, the album review shows do very, very well. So it's like <laughs> no matter what we do, I will say this. If we reviewed a Billy Squire album, no one would listen to it. People don't. That's care. bull crap. People don't care. No, that's not true. But here's the deal. You're doing the only reason the people are going to listen to The Cure is because at one point in their life, I remember when that yeah. album helped me through a dark time. What were you doing? Were you out in a sunny beach and watching the sun come up? No, I was sitting in a really dark room and I had dark makeup on. It was all over my hands and it just felt worse and worse. And my crotch was sweaty because I was wearing too many black, heavy clothing. And nobody <laughs> picked me up in the golf club. And they didn't want to dance with me. Yeah, because you can't dance slow in a golf club. But yeah, but I still felt like I needed to be held. And, I, and that's why people want to listen to that crap. It helped them in a weird way. And it I did. Don't, it, helped me in a, it helped me in a weird way. Of Absolutely. course it did. I'm yeah, not. Man. It never helped me. It helped yeah. me turn the radio volume down or punch my truck radio on the way to work sometimes. Well, I'm the, like, is that, that really be, That could be part of the album review. That, that was the I mean, cure. Yeah. That, Shutting it off was the cure. Yeah, and we're previewing that right now. <laughs> I was masturbating, so, listening to the stroke. Does that count? <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, see? Everybody loves Billy Squire. There you go. Nobody Rounding third. Lo- yeah. No, nobody cares about Billy he, Squire. Bull crap. He... Rounding third just hit it out of the pack right there, literally, and maybe that means two things. Um, I mean, the most the most Billy Squire should be talked about is what we're doing right now. No, oh <laughs> my goodness, you cannot take away from that guy. He's got so much talent. If it wasn't for uh, Eddie uh, Freddie Mercury, Billy Squire would have never sang on an album. Why is that? Little little known fact there, Normie, because Billy Squire didn't think he had a voice to sing, and Eddie said, "Look, man." You're the best. Your guitar playing's good. You have a good voice. 
you're a good lyricist. You write all your stuff and your lyrics. You need to sing them, man. I don't know if oh. I wasn't there. I mean, I don't know I if he see. said it that way, but he said, you need to sing. And Billy Squire said, I can't sing. And next thing you know, yeah. rock me tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Have you seen the, have you seen uh, that video to, uh, what is it? Rock me tonight. Yeah. That, that video killed. You said career. it was creepy. You said, oh my God. I don't know if it killed his career. I mean, it was 1983 or something. You, you've you said that you're like, that, it's, it is creepy. Watch, it's kind of creepy. It's creepy. You got to watch it. Then there's a, there's a version of it too, where there's no music. It's just him. And it's like, <laughs> it's weird. I could see that. All right. All right. Yeah. But still, you can't take away from the guy. He played all of his own guitar. He wrote all the licks. I mean, come on, man. Give him a little bit. I can write songs and play guitar licks. Okay. But badly. Well, (laughs) there you go. But I can do it. it. Yeah. But I will say this uh, Eric's Tango in the Night by Fleetwood Mac. That one would get some listens because that's one of those kind of in the middle albums that everyone nobody really hates you know what i mean I'm not i would do that one yeah, yeah that's a good nobody one. really hates that it's like because a song comes on the radio uh from that album and y- you keep it there you keep it there it's not because you're really into it because it's just you know hey it's all right it's all right that's the spot that, that where it lives right the space where it lives right uh the rat album i don't know about the rat i mean, I mean we we should probably uh, explore a hair album just to have fun with it um, because it existed. Uh, I, I'm not a wicked hair metal guy, but no, there are some I, fun things. Yeah, no, I never was day. either. But you know, there's one or two songs where you could tap a toe kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Um, probably poisons open up and say, ah, oh, would be. Oh, no, no. That, uh, I wouldn't uh, want. I wouldn't want. Hold to, on. Hold on, Matt. I'll be right back. And I'm back. No. Uh, oh my Round god! That's said a, t- a couple t- times. The Violent Femmes. Yes. The, the Violent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Violent Actually, Femmes, and I yeah. would do that one in a heartbeat because oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, probably yeah. that could be my favorite album from that whole decade. Oh god! I, I tried to I um, hire them, and they were older. And he said, "We're just not touring right now." And then he said, "But." We're not going to probably tour for a while, and we're not playing live, but I'll let you know. And then he didn't email me back, and then two years later, they were playing again in their older age, so that's kind of crazy. But um, Yeah, yeah. They only, they only play like uh, maybe a half a dozen times Painful. a year now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're yeah. older. You know, think about that. You know, they're Yeah, they're older than we are, and that says something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, old bastards. Old bastards. Yeah. But uh, as far as hair, it will never be Motley Crue or... Uh, poison uh, because I will just poison whatever porridge you're going to eat. If you ask me to do that. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I just can't stand and It strikes people odd that I can't stand Motley Crue and them guys. And I just can't, I just cannot stomach them. I can, I can tolerate some Motley Crue. I despise poison back in the day. I could potentially, no, I could I could totally listen to any of those. Now, the one hair metal band that gets me that, that just makes me freaking cringe, and there are many, is Cinderella. I can't that guy's oh, voice. Yeah. I can't. Mm. Or Kip Winger. Oh God, 
Yeah, no one would care about if we did a winger album. No one would care. Nobody uh, would. Poison, they'd be like hip winger. But yeah. but let me ask poison you this: Poison and Motley, Poison and Motley Crue, they would listen. Tesla's kind of considered hair, right? Nah, not really. Not really, not really? because they wore ripped up jeans and t shirts and didn't get uh, into. Yeah, but they were still kind of a hair band, and they they were popular at the time. I would, if I considered doing a hair band, and and if we could get a vote on Tesla, I would say yeah, Tesla albums. All of them would be good. Oh, Randy yeah. Third said Sticks. Yeah, no, Sticks were very, very hairy, but they were way ahead of their time. So, in other words, Sticks were actually popular and good in the seventies, where they wrote yeah. a couple of things, and then when so the eighties changes a lot of things, just like Rush. So Rush was good, and then the eighties came, and Rush went, "We got to do this." Well, and then they were like, "We'll just go back to our shops, and we'll just run a some- hardware store." There was some rush, like Time Stand Still was put out in the 80s, and that was good. That's when Getty Lee had a it's wicked the only, mullet. Wicked that's mullet. The, yeah, they, their style and everything, they hated it. But that's the only, it's funny you say that on that album, the only song, Time Stand Still, on the album, Time Stand Still, that's the only time they ever had another vocalist, that chick, uh, What's-Her-Face, uh, sang uh, the background. Oh, really? That's the only time. Stand, stand still. I know Actually, I'll do the girl part. I'll do the girl part. Okay. And you do the Getty okay. Lee part. Ready? I don't remember the words. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm growing older, but I think I'm getting grayer now. If only I knew the words, I could be lonely now. That's I feel bad now that I just disgraced we a great freaking band. Nailed, we just freaking nailed that. We just nailed that shit. Subdivisions. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, Subdivisions. I, you got to think about what people would listen to. You know, people. Even though you hate it, you know people are going to listen to a Madonna. I think everybody just stopped listening to us. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they're still here. Um, no, they're I'm just. Here. I'm just. Um, that was a joke. Um, the, they're so. They're just so like, uh, in you know, they're just so uh, enamored that they exactly yes. enamored that, that they. Can't we use two e words oh. almost at the same time. Okay, round and third just hit it. I think Twisted Sister. I oh think. well, yeah, that would be you the know one. What? Yeah. That, Yep. I think he got yep. it. Yeah, got it. because you know why? There's so much to talk about with D and the band and how they started and how they weren't supposed to make. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That is a good yep. one. Yep. That would okay. be the one. Yeah, I think Twisted that would be the one. sister. Twisted sister. We're not going to take it. God damn you. Fucking not going right. to take her. We ain't We're taking her no take. more. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm going to end the show. I'm done. <laughs> now that I called it, he's like, I'm ending it. This stout called in. It's all we needed. Friggin' like, well, I, well, roll actually, the credits. Ten, no, I'll keep I, I'll keep it going. I have 10 minutes left. I'm just kidding. You're like, I got to get stout off there. Roll the credits. <laughs> no, Chris Unplugged just came back in, so we'll we'll keep it going. Oh, that's what keeps us going. Yeah, yeah. Chris Unplugged. Uh, when, Chris Un- <laughs> when Chris Unplugged comes into the house, you keep it going. Chris, you missed it. All right, ready, Matt? Ready? Time. Yep. Do Time. your thing. No, no. Hey, I do the girl part. You do the okay, okay. part. All right, Time all right. Time stands still. I'm getting much older, but I don't know what I'm doing now. Time 
stand still. I think you're supposed to come in like a split second earlier. I'm doing my laundry, but now I'm folding, folding it now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, what the hell? Why do I feel like man? Willy Wonka is close to Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man. I was going to do a movie, uh, the Gutting the Sacred Cow podcast. Uh, someone <laughs> had the audacity to try to say Willy Wonka, the original Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder, was a bad movie. And I'm like, you got to be no. kidding me. No, it was fascinating. So it was exactly who dad. It was crazy good. It was yeah. so good that it was like had every element that you ever put in a movie. In other words, it had fantasy, it had creepiness, it had what's going to happen next. It had you're a kid, you know, and or an adult, and you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Like it was very, um, it was, it was yeah. cool, it was uncomfortable. It had, yeah, like that whole idea of. Alice in Wonderland almost esque, like the Mad Hatter feel. And then you had these characters, these kids, Veruca Salt and all that. Yeah, yeah. It, there, there's a lot to be said for the fantasy of it, I think, you know. Exactly. Chris Unplug saying, I'm uncomfortable now. Flashbacks. It did. Have, I remember seeing it when I was a kid when it came on TV and the Augustus getting sucked up uh, by the tube after he fell yeah. in the Chocolate River. Which looks like a river of shit. Yeah, and uh, then um, wasn't it Veruca Salt that ate too many blueberries? Was it the blueberry yeah. candy? Was that yeah, her yeah. or the blueberry gum? Right, it was the blueberry gum. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. And then it, and they had to take her downstairs to juice her. Uh, so that was probably that's right. Funny. That's probably it's, pretty it's, That's a hard lesson for kids to learn. Like, hey, watch this movie, and that's what's going to happen to you if you don't behave. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of so it's one of those things. I mean, does it pass the remote test? I mean, if you're scanning through channels when you're not what when nothing is really good on and you I see that, oh, you you keep it there. You keep it there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Gene Wilder was, you know, good in anything he did. I mean, exactly. Rounding third says, I got your gobstopper right here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the gobstopper. But the yeah. kids were um, devilish, right? They were bad kids. Yeah, they were and naughty kids. They got just the... like when the Oompa Loompas sang that, sang their songs. Oh, after the kids that's creepy! Up. It was about the yeah. kids being spoiled, freaking brats. Loompa, Loompa, too. Yeah. Oh my God. Another puzzle for you. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. He doesn't. No, it makes you clench your butt up. Like you don't want to have those guys come in and get you because, like, they're gonna get you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing back bad memories of uh, his child. Yeah, uh, Chris unplugs having uh, flashbacks to his childhood. (laughs) I'm not gonna sleep tonight either. I'm like, oh, now I have to watch it, but I'm scared. (laughs) I remember seeing uh, back in high school. no, I wasn't in high school. I was in eighth grade. We, my sisters and friends and I started watching Children of the Corn. I could not. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I could yeah. not sleep for like four nights after that. And I was afraid that all the neighborhood kids, Eric being one of them, were going to break into my house and kill me and my parents. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Eric would yeah. never do that. 
Uh, no, I know Eric wouldn't do that, but I was afraid that people oh were like he, he would hire somebody to do it. Maybe. He would hire someone to do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know yeah, what? It's funny you say that. That's right, Remington. Mm-hmm. Before Children of the Corn, wasn't there one called Scarecrow? When we were like real little kids, I think in the early '80s, '81, '82. I watched oh, this movie called Scarecrow. Yeah, that's, oh, was that the one where the guy got shot while he was dressed up as a scarecrow? Then yeah, got, I think so. Then, came, then his spirit came back and killed all the people that killed him. Yeah, didn't he use a tractor to run one of the farmers over or something? Yeah, oh my did. god! Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. That was now I got to research that. Yeah, that was creepy. Eric, yeah. no, you wouldn't, Eric. Yeah, he would. No, he's he, like, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. Hey, Eric, I can hear you now riding through the field on that dirt bike. Yeah, Eric would have like a dirt bike with uh, metal uh, spikes on the end of it and chasing after me with it like that. How, how would like, it sound, Matt? Would it sound like it would be like, give me a little, uh, give me a little bit. Yeah, give me a little. Give us some. Yeah, there you go. Give us some. Oh, that's right. People Eric are going to say, what the hell? Eric had his 110cc three-wheeler. I remember that. I used to drive Oh, the three-wheeler. Thing. Oh, yeah. You could roll those over yeah, easy. he had that, man. He had a bulldog on it. He had a Mack truck bulldog on the front uh, I fender. I feel that. like I've seen that thing, but you oh, know yeah, what? Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Todd? Todd. Clarence, right? Todd. Yeah. Yeah, rolled me over in the field on one of those. He had his three wheeling. He's just giggling the whole way down. I go, it's going to be sharp turn at the bottom, buddy. Sharp turn up, and and that I'll never forget that rolling over and over. Chris unplugged, and just, over. Chris unplugged who doesn't know who the hell we are. Just goes, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah Todd. Todd. Yeah, Todd. Yep, yep, yep. yeah, he was definitely Todd. Yeah, 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 Chris unplugged like, yeah, yeah it was Todd. Todd. Remember? Yeah, it's like he's in my memory. He's like, remember when you were there and Todd just <laughs> almost killed you? <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Yep, yep, yep. Jesus. I bring that up with Todd. He giggles to this day. I'm like, you tried to kill us. I know you did. The four-wheeler, we were so clenched onto it like a horse that we didn't let go of the four-wheeler and just throw it. It just kept rolling on top of us, and we just oh, yeah, I just man. remember the world spinning. I'm like, really, dude? Yeah. And when it was all done, I said, I told you. I told you we were heading to that corner too fast, and he's hey, just Chris- giggling. Yeah, and Chris never needed a our stout never needed a vasectomy after that. To, nope. uh, Todd, our friend Clarence oh, no. took care of that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, never had a kid. Yeah, good to go. Yeah, you know what? You know what needs to happen to bring the community back together? We Not me, Chris, <laughs> Chris. You always bring the community back together. <laughs> but, uh, I was watching. Uh, I finished the Fear Street trilogy. Uh, and this one was uh, takes place in 1666. I had a hard a, time with that one. Well, the, and we can talk about that in another episode. We have a couple minutes. But one thing I did notice is that what really brought the community together was a witch hanging. They had a witch hanging, <laughs> and the community the community really rallied behind that witch hanging. So we need we need like that's a good, terrible. We need like a good witch hanging. It doesn't oh, have no. to be a woman necessarily. I mean, there's male <laughs> witches too, but oh, that really God. brought the community together. <laughs> oh my! You just ended the show. You just sound like that's how Norm McDonald would end the show right there. You're like, that's what we need there. That's do your norm. Do your norm. I always yeah, love that's it when what you do we it. need. You know what we need that's... to bring the. We just need a good old witch <laughs> hanging. 
Yeah, you know uh, what? You know what? Well, uh, that, that would really just rally the people and just uh, bring uh, get them together. together for one common yeah. purpose. And, yeah, yeah, we do so it we there. A, a witch hanging. So, so we got a witch hanging. <laughs> and then, oh, and then we do man. the money python thing, where if <laughs> if the witch weighs as much as a duck, then uh, then then you, then you hang the witch. You hang yeah, the witch. Or you you release the uh, the, the, the duck That's there. Right, yeah, does the he floats and. Yeah, weighs like, or he floats and weighs like a duck. And that, that'll bring. <laughs> what else would bring? What What more could you want to bring the community together? Yeah. Uh, Matt, oh, too much. Well, I got better. <laughs> what did you? Uh, what was the other thing you did one day? Oh, it was Doctor Phil. You have a Doctor Phil too. Do the, the close us out with a good Doctor Phil. Phil. I can't do the Doctor Phil on the spot. Yeah. Oh well, wait. Yeah. Counsel me. Very you know what? I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm... All, right. All right, I have to end the show. We're All right, buddy. Over the All right. Mark. Hey, thanks for everyone. Just just when the going's getting good too. But uh, thank you all. <laughs> Love you all. Till next time. See ya. All right. Love you, bub. Bye. Love you too, man. Bye.